Welcome to Rumination, Lessons in Livestock, Tips for New Livestock Producers. My name is Selena Phillips, and I'm an animal science professor, and will be explaining basic animal production concepts monthly. What do you think of when you hear the word energy? Something sweet and sugary? A bouncing ball. I think of my slightly crazy border collie named Lily, who has endless energy and loves to play fetch. But how many of you thought of a growing lamb? A lactating beef cow? A springing dairy heifer? Likely not, but when animal requirements are discussed, energy is one of the first factors that needs to be considered. Let's define energy first. Energy is generally defined as the ability to do work. Animals require energy to be able to do the work that we ask of them. For nutrition, energy is measured in calories. A calorie is simply the amount of energy required to raise one gram of water one degree centigrade. Now we know our animals require energy. And so let's picture a scenario that might help us better understand the concepts of energetics in livestock. Let's picture a 4-H member feeding their growing lamb. The lamb should be gaining about three quarters of a pound a day and is eating around five to six pounds of feed every day. Each bite that lamb takes is providing necessary nutrients or energy to that lamb. If you think back to an earlier episode when we talked about nutrients, you'll recall that there were six classes of nutrients. Proteins, carbs, fats, vitamins, minerals, and water. Of the six, the breakdown and metabolism of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins yield energy. And it's this energy, or calories, that is used by the animal to do whatever we're asking it to do. It is an important distinction that energy is not a nutrient, but simply derived from the metabolism of nutrients. So as that lamb that that 4-H'er is feeding is munching on that grain mix and some hay, his body is converting those nutrients that that lamb is consuming into energy, into calories that he can use to function. As that lamb is metabolizing nutrients into energy, the first priority for that energy or those calories that lamb is generating is going to maintenance. And when we define maintenance, we're thinking about the essential body systems like breathing, blood circulation, digestion, etc. Those are the functions that are considered necessary to maintain the existence of the animal. So once our lamb, in this example, gets enough energy or calories to support maintenance or the basic life functions, then any energy or calories above that are going to go to production. Therefore, we need to make sure 
that our animal's maintenance needs are met first and foremost if there is any chance for that animal to perform at a level that we're wanting it to do. So in this example, the 4-H'er needs to make sure they're feeding enough feed for that lamb to maintain itself. But now we expect that lamb to gain three quarters of a pound per day. They need to make sure to provide enough additional feed to support the calories needed for that extra gain. Animal energy requirements are expressed in a variety of ways. These relate to understanding how animals lose energy. Energy transfer from that feed to the animal is never 100%. Energy is going to be lost somewhere along the way. The four major ways that animals lose energy include feces, which is undigested food, gas, particularly in the herbivores, urine, excess protein in the diet is converted to urea and excreted in the urine, and heat production especially in animals like the ruminants that have um, pre-gastric fermentation. A lot of heat gets produced there. The first term to describe energy available to the animal is called gross energy, simply meaning the amount of calories available in a feed. It has nothing to do with how uh, the animal uses that energy. It's simply the amount of calories offered to the animal. So in our 4-H example, the amount of calories in the grain and hay that that 4-H'er is offering their lamb every day is gross energy. Now, if we take that gross energy and we want to learn a little bit more about maybe how much the animal keeps within its body, then we're going to consider that first uh, energy loss, which is fecal energy. Feces is undigested feed. Therefore, it does contain some calories. And so if we were to collect all the feces that lamb excreted and we were to measure the energy in that or the calories in that feces, by difference, we would be left with what's called digestible energy. The amount of energy or calories apparently digested or that disappeared somewhere in the animal. And this value we sometimes call DE, the acronym for digestible energy, and it's commonly used in equine nutrition. And it's closely related to a value we'll talk about a little bit later called TDN, or total digestible nutrients. So now we've taken this gross energy or this raw calories we're putting into our animal. We now know how much the animal has lost through the feces. And so that digestible energy is what's remaining in our animal system. Next, if we were to take that animal and account for how much gas and urine was produced and the calories associated with those two ways of losing energy, we would be left with what's called metabolizable energy, abbreviated as ME. ME is commonly used in poultry and swine nutrition as their measure of energy. Finally, that last major loss of energy is from heat production. If we could account for all four losses of energy, feces, gas, urine, and heat, that leaves us with what we call net energy. Those calories that are actually reaching the animal's tissue to be used in some way for production, maintenance, or something like that. 
We use the acronym NE for net energy. Nutritionists can also partition or identify the amount of energy that goes to maintenance, gain, or lactation. We use the terms of NEM, net energy for maintenance, NEG, net energy for gain, and NEL, net energy for lactation. And net energy is the one that's commonly used in the ruminant species, particularly beef cattle and dairy cattle. However, it's increasing in popularity in the small ruminants such as sheep and goats. The reason it's increasing in popularity and the reason we define these um, different levels of energy, the gross energy, digestible energy, metabolizable energy, and net energy, is we need to find a way as accurately as possible to determine how many calories our animal needs to function in the way we would like it to. Earlier, I mentioned an older system of estimating energy and feeds, the TDN system. TDN stands for Total Digestible Nutrients, and it represents the digestible fraction of the major nutrients, carbs, fats, and proteins. And it's expressed as a percentage of the dry matter. So in our 4-H'er example, that the 4-H'er feeding the lamb, that lamb, what we offer it is still that gross energy, but if they were to measure the amount of digestible carbs, the amount of digestible protein and fats, and come up with the difference, we would know essentially how much disappeared within that animal. And that's why this value is closely related to digestible energy. If you were to look up the values for feeds, you'll see that like grass haze can have a value, a TDN value of about 50%, meaning half of it would disappear within the animal, uh, the digestible proportion. Corn, on the other hand, is about 90% TDN. Thus, it has uh, more calories to provide to that animal. We have learned over time that this system can sometimes over or underestimate the actual energy in a feed, especially when you start getting into roughages that are um, highly variable in their energy content. And so in the late 1960s, I think it was 1968 was when the paper was published, Lofgren and Garrett from the University of California, Davis, introduced us to the California Net Energy System. And this system has stood up the te- stood uh, the test of time in terms of defining how much energy is actually getting to the tissue levels of our animals. And so, as a nutritionist, I live in the realm of net energy, gross energy, and breaking down net energy into maintenance, gain, or lactation. And these are values we don't always see on our feed tags but they are concepts that we need to understand about feeding livestock as energy is the first limiting nutrient. If we are not making sure our animals are getting the calories they need, none of the other nutrients we supply are going to matter because they're just not getting enough calories. And so that's why energy is so important and I talk about it as the first major requirement for our animals. The reason it becomes so critical, especially in the herbivores that I deal with, like ruminants, it's because our feeds vary in energy supply. When you get into roughages, they can vary from extremely low energy to high energy and all shades in between. 
And so it makes it a challenge sometimes um, when we're formulating and, and developing feeding programs for our ruminants. So it's very important to understand what is represented by each of those measures. In episode three, we talked about feed classification. And this is where understanding the big eight feed categories is really handy. Our IFN categories, that's the international feed number categories, one, two, and three. Those were our roughages and forages. And those are generally considered bulky feeds that are low in caloric density compared to the energy feeds and protein supplements, those other feeds that we call concentrates. A great way to picture the difference is to imagine a couple of five-gallon buckets. If we were to fill one five-gallon bucket with hay and one bucket of corn, which would be heavier? The corn, as it has a higher density compared to the hay, meaning it'll pack more weight per volume, thus we're able to concentrate more nutrients into that. If you recall from episode 3, concentrates, which includes energy feeds and protein supplements, have a crude fiber content less than 18%, which increases that density of the feed, and for livestock is going to generally increase the caloric content of the feed as well. Another way to look at this is going back to episode 2 and the digestive systems. In general, most animals will eat to meet their energy needs. Except my dogs. They will surpass their energy needs. But for our non-ruminant omnivores, such as pigs, we feed a corn-soybean meal diet, which is low in fiber and high in calories. They're going to eat to meet their energy needs. Once they meet their needs, they'll stop eating for the time being. In contrast, the herbivores, like our ruminants, consume large amounts of roughages, which literally fills them up and limits the amount of energy they can consume. It's that low bulk density of those roughages. So that animal can get full before they consume enough feed to meet their calorie demand. This is why we periodically supplement with various feeds to make sure the calorie or energy demand is being met. A great example is the lactating dairy cow that is in peak lactation. She is almost in a stage where she can't consume enough feed to meet all of her body's energy demands. And so she will actually mobilize her own body fat and use that for energy as well. And so that way, if you need a visual that she requires so many calories, she's got to pull it from her body to meet her needs. Once her intake is able to catch up with production, that doesn't happen anymore. So whenever you feed your pigs, watch your cattle or sheep graze, or feed your horse, realize that what you are providing to them is the gross energy or the calories that they're going to need to survive, produce, and or work. And when you clean up after your animals, Think about, hey, that's some of the leftover calories that they didn't get access to. It kind of starts to change how you think about your feeding program and what you're providing to your animals. I hope that I have provided you with some fodder to ruminate on. Check out the Rumination Podcast page on Facebook for links to references and more information about this podcast. Next episode... I will be discussing the protein needs in livestock, 
how we define protein, and how it's measured in various livestock feeds. Join me next time on Rumination, Lessons in Livestock, Tips for New Livestock Producers.